Welcome to Casual Talk Radio Podcast found at casualtalkradio.net. My name is Leister, I'm your host. Thank you for dialing in today, whether you're an existing subscriber or a new listener. We welcome everybody. Got a couple things to get out of the way first, and then we're going to get right into our topic for today. Casualtalkradio.net. That's our website. Check it out for all of our different podcast episodes, past and present. We're constantly making updates. We're refining the website experience. If you have any feedback, we'd appreciate hearing it. You can hit the contact link at the top, fill out the form, come straight to us. You can also leave us a voice message if you want to leave your thoughts on audio, and it may be played on the air. Who knows? Let's go ahead and get into our topic for today. Hopefully everybody out there is hanging in there. It's a tough time right now with inflation first off the list. And of course, the current president claims it's not his fault and that the inflation was preceding him. And that's partially true, partially not true. It is true that some of the spike in in inflation was done prior to his arrival in the office. The real issue is the refusal to do anything to stem what was happening. And so it's kind of a deflection. And I want to mostly focus on that for this episode while I wait for my deliveries. So there's two ways that people deflect. Deflection is, and some people are very good and very tricky at this paradigm. On one angle, there's something that must be true and something that cannot be true. So that's that. That's that. That's simple. But you also have this different approach where you say something that's either partially true or It's lacking in certain parts of the truth and you present it to try to make yourself look good, put yourself over. So let's talk about inflation in general. Inflation as we know it has always been a thing. What happens is the government works to manage inflation and keep it under control and does so with some chicanery, as I call it. There's taxes. So there's a couple of ways they do this. More deductions designed to help offset the impact of inflation on you come tax filing time. Now, but that only applies for number one, people who legally file taxes like they're supposed to. And for businesses, it means that you get yet another deduction to spend less in tax and they collect less tax revenue. The less tax revenue they collect, they're not able to keep debt under control like they might hope to do. So when they can't keep debt under control, what then happens? You see that there's raises in interest rates. You see that there's local sales tax increases, possibly. And the cost of goods and services increases because they're passing the cost back to the consumer. As we see that the cost of goods and services increases and they're passing back to the consumer, businesses are less likely to pay good salaries for their employees, except for in STEM, largely, uh, job classes. Everybody else is still dealing with garbage salaries. I just actually had somebody reach out and it was for a contract role, which is what I do. And they were offering very close to half what I normally make, which is a joke. Now I didn't respond because this company didn't do what I think they should do, which is email me directly. They BCC'd me, which really gets on my nerves. So I don't respond to those, but it was close to half what I normally make, which is a joke because as I've given the update, before. You know, I have three endeavors. I have one that's going to start on Monday. The second one uh, started paying full as of this week. The first one pays and has been paying. They just pay slower than I want. So between just the first and the second, I'm sitting pretty good or I will be 
expect it to be in pretty good spots in November. There's going to be a pretty large expense I got to pay. Then I have to buy another car. That's a mission in of itself. So there's some of that money's going to flow out, but I'm no longer as worried about it as I might've been in the early part of the year in Q1. But I'm one of the STEM in what I do for trade. I'm STEM. I have, I'm technology. So I understand when I just had the one endeavor, I mentioned that I was feeling the burn. I was feeling how hard it is just buying a pack of bacon being $13 is a joke. And I had ordered takeout a little bit ago and something I was used to being like, you know, $7 or $8 for a meal. It's like 13 bucks. So I understand and I don't fault the restaurants. They're doing what they have to do to keep up. But what this means is that inflation is everywhere. It Everybody feels it. It's not just for the the middle class or the lower class, wealthy feel it too. The price of things by and large goes up. Certain things don't go up because they're selling at a loss, like video game consoles, video game software. Video game software has a margin of profit already built into it. And so they didn't get, they don't get, you know, increases in their prices, at least not yet. And then the hardware is sold at a loss. So they don't pass a lot of that expense back to you because they want you to have the console in order to use the games. So some of these are exempt, but when you talk about food, which is ultimately a critical thing for people, it's up across the board, pretty much unilaterally. We also are seeing supply constraints happening. Now, if you look at 2021, so let's start at January, 2021, when the current president took office, immediately the priority should have been, let's get the economy back under control but we also have to manage this pandemic. I don't believe that that really happened. And you're, you're questioning me, but the truth is there was not an approach to manage expenses while managing the pandemic. The focus was largely on the pandemic and what he wanted to do as directed by Fauci. So what you ended up with is a lot of people losing their jobs, people ending up homeless that didn't need to be, and a bunch of people getting banned off social media and a whole bunch of nonsense that didn't need to be because the focus was in the wrong direction. Meanwhile, he, this inflation is getting out of control. The economy is not being managed like it was supposed to be. So I'm saying that were I in his position, the very first thing I'd have tackled walking in the office is first of all, let's keep with the mantra we did before. This is a choice for anybody that wants it. We're going to make it available at no charge. And we're going to prioritize over the counter. You don't need to give your information. You can walk into your local CVS or Walgreens and pick it up. You will have to show ID at the back, but you're not going to have to fingerprint. You're not going to show a test or any of that. You can just get it just like epinephrine because we want to cover as much as possible. There's going to be some people that don't want this jab. We understand. That's why we're prioritizing the OTC. We're going to make both available. You can choose which way you want to go. We're going to strongly recommend this to you and we're going to make it accessible and not charge and not violate your privacy. Meanwhile, employers, you are not allowed to fire somebody if they choose not to do it. You are not allowed to require it. And if somebody chooses not to tell you information about it, you cannot force the issue. If we find out that you've done that, we're going to come down on you like a ton of bricks. Use this opportunity to tell the, in this case, American people, but it's really worldwide. Then no, we still care about you and your, as your individual rights, your body, your choice. We want to support this. And we want to make sure that you keep a roof over your head, food over your table. Something you've heard me say on occasion. I don't agree that our government should have ignored that mantra. And they did. So now this president, the current president, is starting to talk about the gas prices being out of control. It's a little bit too late because we 
taking so long to try to fix it. So they're tapping into oil reserves to try to offset the price at the pump. It's not going to have a long-term appreciable benefit. And frankly, it drains reserves that could be used for other things. Rather, the approach should have been, you know what, this push to electric cars that we told you that was the wrong answer. We're not ready. We need to prioritize hybrid. All of you, you know, car companies that jumped on what I said, I got it wrong. We need to focus on hybrid. We need to still embrace oil and we need to decrease our dependence on foreign shores, but we cannot just get rid of it. It's not, we're not ready. The grid's not ready. Let's stop that. Let's get hybrids in place. Let's start that push and get back to some common sense. Let's stop the push for wind farms and all that. We're just not ready. Also, in certain cities and states, what they were doing is basically gouging people for their air conditioning bills when the heat was going crazy. I believe that the federal government should intervene in some of this. I believe the federal government should put caps on how much you can charge for that electricity during those times when there's an excessive need for it. Some would say, yes, but it's a strain on the grid. Yes, it is, but it's only a strain on the grid because these companies have refused to build out the grid despite sitting on major amounts of profit, especially during periods like the heat waves that we recently had. So I believe they should have done something about that. They didn't, but I think they should have. I believe that we long should have made things like internet, things like basic phone service, paid, com covered. Used to be during the copper era, just being able to get a dial tone and call 911 was a free thing. You didn't have to have a bill for it. You just plug in the phone, it would always work. Now that they rushed to get rid of copper, now you have to subscribe to some sort of a service. It charges you something. They're trying to force you to cell phones. Of course, I do not have a cell phone, don't plan to, at least not right now. And so I have a VoIP service and it works perfectly fine for me, but I have to pay for it. It's not a lot of money. It's like, you know, 50 bucks every, you know, it doesn't have a monthly charge. It's just you add credit and I can use it however I need to and it doesn't charge a lot. But I shouldn't even have to pay for basic phone service because everybody needs a phone. Think about it. If the police department needed to contact you, they're probably going to come knocking on the door and if they can't reach you there, they'll try to reach you by phone. I think it should be, long since considered a critical service that is paid for, that you don't have to have a bill for basic phone service to include cellular service, as in every household should be entitled to have a basic line service, whether it's VoIP or not, a basic line service, it should be a given regardless. You don't have to pay for it. All you have to do is request it. Cell phone, every household is entitled to one phone number that's paid. Any additional phone numbers you want, of course, you pay for those but there should be one phone number included as a basic given that you should have. I don't support this idea of so-called, quote, universal basic income, never have. I think people should have to work and earn a certain level of, of income to support the lives that they have. You know, people that choose to smoke and choose to drink and choose to do Netflix, I don't believe they should basically be comped. But food, I do believe that every household should be entitled to a food stipend let's say $100 a month, which isn't a lot when you're a large family, especially not with inflation, but it's something, right? So if you have nothing, if you are during a period of time, you lost your job and you still, you're draining savings, but you got to keep people fed, that $100 a month would help a lot for a lot of people. And I think it's something easily done. Don't put red tape, don't put hoops and don't put a bunch of garbage where it takes, where you have, you're forced to have a computer. No, it should simply be it's a given. Your household is entitled to this benefit just the way they do with selective service when you turn 18. They know who you are because you're registered, because you 
our kid and you get a social security number. So they know who you are. So they know where you are because if you register anything at all, you would have had to have given an address of some kind. So they know where you are. It's just a given. Anytime there's a new address on record for your matching data, we're going to send you this information that says you are entitled to X per month of this benefit for food. You are entitled to these utilities. I actually believe that electricity at this point, again, should be subsidized, but also gas, water, every other utility should be in some cases subsidized roughly 80% to where we don't have people incurring, in some cases, hundreds of dollars worth of expenses for what are essentially core services. And I do believe that is the that would have been a better approach had he hit the hit the ground running and said, here's the things I'm going to do to offset some of these expenses that have been incurred upon you that are kind of silly. Like, why is it that internet access, basic internet access is not just a given, as just a given service that should be there because everybody needs it. That kind of thing, I think he would have gone a much better route by embracing that and going for it, not talking about, you know, forcing jabs in everybody's arm and telling employers to fire people over it, causing more homelessness, causing more dissension, causing more separation, contradiction to the unity he talked about. And now we have all these riots and all these different things happening. And then on top of this, everybody's impacted by inflation because he ignored it for so long. He recently came out and said, you know, we got to get the gas, so I'm doing the reserve stuff, but we also want to, you know, take care of people. And, and it's all talk, in my opinion, leading up to potentially what is a blowout in November and him trying to get ahead of it. That's why I think it was strategic and I think it was intentional that he purposely ignored the plight of the vast majority of people that everybody was harmed. Everybody was harmed financially, period. Doesn't even matter if you're wealthy because they got bit in terms of inflation and the cost of things. They got bit on their taxes. They got bit on loss of revenue. Some of them couldn't work. Some of them couldn't sustain what they were doing because of the lockdown. So everybody was affected financially. And there was no desire to address that for everybody and say, this should be priority number one. I know there are some people that don't agree that the economy should be priority number one. They care about some other cause. They care about, you know, the Roe v. Wade, whatever. They care about the schools. They care about, you know, the, the jab. They care about anything else. The economy is not their number one. This is, I believe, short-sighted. Doesn't mean that you should not have your own entitled entitlement to feel how you feel. I'm saying the economy affects everybody and it should be priority number one for everybody because everybody's affected. This is a common thing. Roe v. Wade does not affect everybody. Roe v. Wade potentially affects those who are trying to have a child or plan to or who don't want to have a child and don't want to be forced to, right? That's who that affects. Not every state has a ban. I know there's been communication saying that that's the case. It's not the case, which means there's a choice. You can choose to uproot and move to a state that's in line with your benefits and values, which is the way it used to be. Some people don't want to hear that. They want to stay in their area and force their area to change for them. This is kind of the story of society, which is that that's what got us in this mess. Everybody wants to force change on other people instead of using the choice that you've been given as an American citizen in this case to just go a different route. If your state doesn't support your principles and values, get out of it. Trust me, I will be out of Nevada the moment that it's financially practical and I find a place that is not going to do the games that certain states have already tried to do because Nevada is not in line, at least not the state, 
is not in line with the way I believe and the way I feel. Certainly not with this Nazi garbage they did with this uh, yard violation nonsense that I can't control. So I do plan to leave because that's not in line with the way I believe. I believe you should be able to do whatever you want on your property. The state doesn't feel that way. Great. I'll just leave. I'm not going to complain about it. I'll talk about it, but I'm not going to complain to them any further about it. And I believe that everybody should have that same mantra. Stop trying to change everybody else into the way that you think things should work. Now your priorities shift because you're focusing on what is most going to affect, what's going to benefit everybody. What's going to impact everybody? What should we fix that everybody could benefit from? And the truth is there's not a single person in our country who would not benefit from a focus on the economy. That's the truth of it. Once we get the economy sorted out, we can talk about all the other varying issues that we've imposed upon ourselves, but I would rather make sure everybody's taken care of at the end of the day. I would rather get to a point where we're not spending so much money and having so much dependency on the government for some of this. I would rather get to a world where at least somewhat close to what we used to have that your salary, a single person's salary can cover an entire household without you having to burn hours on on-call shifts and hold down two jobs. It should simply be you as one person make enough money that you can take care of a household. You're not forced to have dual income. You're not forced to have multiple jobs. You're not forced to work gig in the evening. You could just work a normal job and those employers take care of you. They don't abuse you. They don't disrespect you and they respect your personal space and you feel empowered to push back and tell them no if they're asking you to do something that you are ethically opposed to and you should not have a fear of getting fired. The government should protect your right to protect your personal space and they don't. And that's what got us into the situation now. Now it's kind of too late to try to change what we're dealing with here, which is why the only hope we have is a blowout in November to get people that are arguably just as greedy as other people so that they try to force change back to a normal. Doesn't have any guarantees though. And that's why I'm disappointed that we went this far away from common sense and sanity. All I can say, because as I've mentioned before, I do make a lot of money in the rates that are charged. So I make a lot of money and I feel the pinch, which means I'm sensitive to other people that don't make anywhere near as what I make and what they must be feeling. Because again, I make a lot and I feel it. So I feel what others have got to be feeling and I don't like it because a lot of it was preventable and avoidable. If we focus on what affects everybody and no, jabs in the arm do not affect everybody because unfortunately there are some people who physically cannot take jabs. There are some people who would have preferred having the OTC for whatever reason. There are some people whose religion does not allow them or support them doing this. There are some people who have their own bodily preferences about things and we should have always respected that and we didn't. Instead, we turned people against each other and created essentially a caste-based system, C-A-S-T-E, rather than doing the right thing, which is everybody's financially hurting. We're going to get this back in line, and we're not going to move forward until everybody's good financially speaking, that we don't have as many people homeless, that we don't have people losing their jobs over silliness, that we don't have the level of discrimination that's occurring, that we're not focusing in the wrong direction, and we certainly are not just listening to the voices of social media. That's all we've got here today on Casual Talk Radio, Gentleman's World. Hopefully it's been informational, educational, and helpful for you. We upload every Monday and Wednesday, so we'll be back for our next episode. Whether you're a subscriber or not, we appreciate you for dialing in today. We know you've got choices. 
we will be turning back on our guest cadence. We are doing the screening process that's coming very soon. Keep up to date with what we're doing at casualtalkradio.net. You can also subscribe at the bottom to get alerts whenever there's a new episode posted, or you can add it to your platform of choice. For now, take care, and I will see you on our next upload.